This episode was helped brought to you by our newest sponsor, Kelowna Brewing Company. They're a brewery out there in Eastern Iowa. So if you're in the area, make sure to stop by Kelowna and check out their brewery. Great food at the restaurant there, great beer, obviously. If you're in the Midwest, check out any Hy-Vee's. I believe they carry the six packs and they have different types of flavors. So you guys are gonna wanna, you know, definitely try that out. And I think throughout this whole process, Fishing Kid and myself for Beer Fish Fanatics, we're gonna be doing some giveaways here and there. If you guys can go ahead and tag us here and there with your Kelowna beer. So other than that, enjoy the episode guys. You ready, Kit, man? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, we're taking forever. Nah, just kidding, dude. Um, okay. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I don't know if you got a chance to listen to all of our podcasts or listen to it at all, Gus. We just we just love to drink beer and talk fishing. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that 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 fits into your uh, category. Is that cool? Hey, man, that's all good, brother. All right, all right. So, um, welcome to another episode of Beer Fish Fanatics. Uh, this is Grandy with My Pop Fishing. We have Kit the fishing kit youtube channel and today uh we actually have a guest that i i truly am really super excited and fishing kid myself was just talking um you're a man of all traits so we're, we're super excited to have you on here. um i i, I want to know a lot more about you I, I don't know how long we're gonna be able to talk so we're gonna do the best we can to you know condense it as much as we can so but uh absolutely no further ado we got uh, mr gus one bear batista correct all right <laughs> and and we're definitely going to get down to the 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 one bear nickname i mean i mean everybody's going to want to know obviously on that we'll, we'll definitely ask you about that but uh thank you so much for just giving us a time and, and opportunity to to get a chance to sit down have a have a beer or two with you um and just just, talk, just talk man so um let me do this I'm think, I'm drinking the hot mess. I'm a, we're a hot mess today. So anybody's listening to this podcast, <laughs> listen to this podcast. We, we we had technical difficulties for the last 20 minutes. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm drinking this hot mess double IPA from Kelowna Brewing Company. They they, they sponsor us. So what do you what do you got, Kit? <laughs> All right, I got the double night vision from Kelowna Brewing Company. It's a Bel Belgian style ale double. Okay. <laughs> let me goes. know how that later, let me know how that went. I, I drank I drank one of these uh on the last episode. Okay. It was uh it was Pretty kind good. of a doozy. Gotcha. What do you got? What are, what are you drinking down there? That little little pink cup. I love this, it. This, <laughs> this is my wife's pink cup and this is last night's Coke. I just yeah, I figure I'd join in on the fun. Cheers, horrible, cheers. dude. Oh That's cheers. Awesome. I'm just kind of sipping it because it's horrible. <laughs> Overnight Coke is not good. Some yeah. people some people like flat flat soda. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah. I want to join into the group, you know? <laughs> Sounds good. Me and my uh, pink mug. <laughs> so, hey. And now that has nothing to do with the two bear thing, okay? I'll, I'll get a little bit more in detail with that. No, no judging. This is my cooler. My cooler. <laughs> All right. So no 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 judging, Gus. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, you know, just in case everybody's wondering, you guys got to honestly just Google this guy, Google Gus, uh, one bear Batista, uh, take a look at his YouTube channel is it two bear, um, and two bears outdoors, two bears outdoors. And you, you know, you're also part of cast King, which is pretty darn cool. Um, yes. and then 
like we were talking about earlier, go check out freaking um, the the National Geographic. You know, uh, Swamp Man. It's oh. just, dude, you're you're yeah. you're all over. So <laughs> if, he's, if, he's like the most interesting man on earth. Exactly. Oh come on now! <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. For our audience, they're gonna want to know. Okay, they're like, okay, you guys are hyping this guy up. Who who is he? What is he all about? Do you, do you mind just giving us a brief description about you, your channel, just just what you're all about? All right. Well, uh, basically, my forte. I'm an alligator wrestler by trade. Uh, I've done many other jobs. I work with venomous snakes. Uh, work with uh, large predatorial mammals, uh, big cats, but normally crocodiles, alligators, and free-handling venomous snakes is what I do best. I've been doing this in the business for about 30 years. Uh, now for the past 18 years, I'm a wildlife officer uh, for the Simo tribe of Florida. So what I do is catch gators and whatever comes in the way. Uh, we deal in a lot of rural areas in the uh, big Cypress region, out in the Everglades. So of course, we deal with, we deal with bears, uh, panthers, you name it. Um, basically, my techniques, I, I don't hurt the animal. I restrain the animal. What I do is I relocate them. So uh, other state trappers, by law, have to destroy the alligator. In cases I work for the Seminoles, uh, we're in a sovereign nation. So therefore, state laws do not apply in the uh, within the tribe so i always have the opportunity to just move the animal and take them far away from civilization that way he will not come across another man another fisherman or whatever and he will live his long life being the awesome animal that he is damn that yeah, is I've, badass I've, <laughs> I've seen pictures of gus just like chilling in the water he's got like alligators all around him like man this guy's a lot, a lot of people would say crazy, but that's pretty badass. I, I, I've been very blessed. You know, when I started wrestling alligators, uh, it was a different era. Uh, basically, your notoriety, you would get it from word of mouth. Uh, you'll be lucky if, uh, you know, let's say the press, you know, uh, a, a TV channel or, you know, news or newspaper We'll do an article on you. That's how you got your publicity. Of course, we're living in a whole different era right now where, you know, you could self-promote all the things you do and, and do make something out of it. So back then, um, basically how I ended up getting my, my reputation is that I used to dive in the water and, and chum up the water real bad with just dozens of alligators in a feeding frenzy and I will swim in the water and I will actually be among them and I will catch them on the water with no tools, just hands. But of course, you know, this when I was a young guy uh, throughout my twenties and my thirties and my forties, I'm in my fifties now and I'm still catching alligators. Um, maybe something you could probably see from there. Oh, yeah, there you yeah. go. I lost it. I lost it in 2008. <laughs> Alligator pulled it right out of my hand. Oh boy. But Amongst the bites that I have on my body, um, the name One Bear um, was given to me by the Seminoles. Uh, back in the day, um, I was uh, working with a large cinnamon-faced black bear from the Smoky Mountains of Tennessee. And um, I worked with this bear for about six years. 
And to make the long story short, I was uh, badly mauled by this black bear. And I have scars on my head, scars on my body. Uh, he almost killed me. He, uh, all, I truly I honestly say that I almost lost my life to this bear. But, of course, I was a younger guy. I gave him a good fight. But make the long story short, when I started working for the Seminoles, a lot of people knew my story. And they started calling me Nagushe, meaning bear. So, of course, hey, one bear. One bear meaning that I was mauled by one very large black bear. So that's how I got the name. Better than, you know, um, you know, numb nuts or whatever. They, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, nicknames are not always a good thing. But the thing, the funny thing about nicknames, they, they stick around. Um, my brother, they call him Cattail. He hates that name, but everybody knows him as Cattail. And there was a really messed up story behind how he got the name, and it wasn't flattering. So I think I got the better of the name, uh, One Bear. But, of course, in today's world um, and how society kind of works, uh, Bear means something else. But you know what? That's the name, and I've had this name forever. Everybody calls me One Bear. And um, that's how we came out with our two bears outdoors. Uh, when I finally got married, um, my wife and I, we wanted to do a YouTube channel. And my wife is like, well, what about two bears outdoors? You're one bear and I'm two bears because I call her K-Bear. And I said, you know what, honey, that's a great idea. And we share all of our adventures there. You know, we're kind of all over the place. I, you know, we was either fishing or out in the boat or doing gator stuff. I mean, it's not a niche type of channel where it's just strictly just fishing. It's whatever we do, whatever adventure we get ourselves into. Even like when hurricanes come around, we'll play around the hurricane and try to get some footage. It's, it's, it's very mixed and, you know, with the different stuff and a lot of stuff in the keys, but that's how the two bears outdoors came about. And that is, that's pretty cool. Cause, uh, I mean that you know what your story right there is just something that no that can't be real what you just explained of, <laughs> of, of, of what you just have you know gone through and everything it's pretty pretty cool and fishing kid actually told me about you and he said yeah we got to get him on I mean, he's pretty he's 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 pretty damn interesting right and I looked into oh, I it and I looked into it I was like holy shit, this guy is off the, the I, I'm like this guy is awesome I'm oh like, man uh, you're all too kind <laughs> I, i've been blessed you know i've been very blessed i got to really work behind the scenes and a lot of movie shoots um i've worked with a lot of uh great uh animal handlers uh in, in the gig you know yeah it's a small world so of course you know i did a lot of filming with jackass uh, with Manny Puig and one of the best cameramen out there, Mark Rackley. Uh, back in the day with um, Crocodile Hunter on Animal Planet, it was a show called Extreme Contact. It was it was uh, two guys and a girl, free driver, uh, a free diver by the name of Megan Guir, um, Manny Puig, and Mark Rackley. And um, Man, they were side by side, right along with the uh, crocodile hunter back in the day, you know. And I remember that's after after my day at the alligator farm wrestling gators. I would rush home, buy me some McDonald's, and watch, you know, the crocodile hunter and uh, extreme contact. And these all became good friends of mine. You know, I, I've swam with uh, Manny Puig with alligators for many years. Uh, just random 
randomly going to different canals and stuff and seeing what we find. I uh, remember one time we found a human skull and we reported that to to uh, forensic Boy, they came and picked it up and we thought we were going to have a limelight, but uh, it never happened. But <laughs> we, we found a human skull in the bottom of the canal out in the Everglades. And I have pictures. I'll save. I'll share it one time with you. Oh, but, um, you know, it's just crazy. It's crazy. In the animal realm, you know, you meet a lot of celebrities because, you know, they all want to, you know, be with animals and or, you know, movie shoots. Uh, the latest things I've done was um, like Netflix, uh, Bloodline. Yeah. Uh, there was a scene with an alligator. Okay, we provided that alligator, and they wanted us to make the alligator do something weird. It would make him seem like he was injured. So we had to tie this alligator on the flank and kind of hold him, and at the same time trying to make him angry so he could try to you know try to maneuver and try to grab a hold of us, and at the same time restraining his his. Uh, the, the back leg, so it could just look like he's flopping around like a fish. Um, it was the weirdest thing, but you know, little gigs like that. We're we're always doing gigs like that, whether it was alligators or or different animals. And you know, been a long time doing it, and it's been a blessing. A, a truly, you know, it's been a blessing. And we did a lot of wild things too. Um, we provided the alligators. I, you know, we we did a lot of the uh, Everglades scene, uh, the glades. We uh, did the whole gator scene as well, so pretty cool ride. Uh, Man versus Wild, uh, Bear Grill. Uh, I got to hang out with him for four days uh, when he did the Everglades shoot. Um, I gave him all the information. I was there on site with him, um, showing him about the different plants and stuff. And, man, we became good friends. The uh, director, awesome. I didn't even know he was going to be such a big big thing back then. You know, he, he's really still at it. You know, and that guy is awesome. He's he's really funny. Uh, his whole crew is amazing. And, um, you know, I was able to do that. I could keep talking more about it, but I don't want to bore you about it. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, it's not a bore. And then uh, yeah. I forgot to, to mention, just for the listeners, Gus was just showing us his hand about a couple minutes ago. So if you, if you obviously you don't see it because you're listening to the podcast, there's, there's a portion of his thumb that is missing so just like kind of give everybody a visual of that they're if they're just wondering on that if you're not the most interesting you're one of the more interesting guys out there gus yeah that was out of googling man i'll tell you what that kind of changed my life you know my hand uh i lost a lot of nerve endings i I have no feeling in my hand but I, i learned how to you know continue um putting on my clothes you know buttons and stuff are horrible. Zippers are horrible. Oh, boy. But, you know, it's been a while. It's been happening in 2008. So I've learned to adapt. Uh, when I fish, it's kind of funny because I have no sensitivity. So when I'm, I'm right-handed. Oh. So it's pretty funny watching me reel in the fish, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so actually speaking of fishing, like how'd you get involved with like casking and everything? Cause I know, uh, you know, we were just talking, you know, you're part of the, uh, the whole program and everything for the, um, you know, casking bass, uh, bass ambassador, right? Is that right? Kit? Yes. Yes. Okay. I am a, a manager for the, uh, brand ambassadors. Um, casking has been a blessing. And, um, one thing I've always, since a little kid, I fished. That's, you know, one of the things that I always remember doing with my daddy is uh, we'll go in the swamp and we'll fish. I mean, this is something that's been always ingrained in me. So even though I took a different path, 
I was always in that element of swamp, you know, in the Everglades. So, you know, that intriguement of water and land of the critters, I, they are, you know, beneath the water. And I just got such a big love for it, you know. And Cast King was one of those things where they came to me. Um, I did a video on one of their earlier Sharky reels. And um, I did like a YouTube thing on it. And they reach out to me, see if they want, if I wanted to be part of the team or wanted to continue on making videos. And man, I've been with Casking now for four years. And I tell you what, uh, not to brag about them or anything, but, but they're just, the, the, you know, the, the, um, the company, the people involved in Casking, it's just, it's more than just a brand. It, it, it's really, a I can't say but more like a family setting, you know, it, it's uh, they're good people, good people involved in casting at all age or all group. I mean, we got the best of the best, whether they're a backyard fisherman or, you know, weekend angler or a professional fisherman. We got them, man. Cast King has nothing but the best. They're great people. The company, their products are amazing. And, you know, I grew up with Shimano's, which I love Shimano's. Abu Garcia, ugly stick. I got closet full of ugly sticks. I love them. But, um, you know, when I gave casking a try, man, it's, it was all casking from there. And, um, so, you know, you, you, oh, you tend to collect a lot of gear, especially when it comes to fishing gear. I've, I've noticed that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so, so what, right now, uh, it's, it's springtime here in the Midwest and everything. So I'm just curious, like, what, what are you fishing for right now down there in the, in the Florida area? Well, it, it all depending, you know, it, the cool thing about here in South Florida is with all the invasive fish that we have, like, uh, peacock bass and the Mayan cichlids and, um, you know, all of these invasives that we have, this is how it kind of works. You wake up early in the morning. Just kind of picture this. Bear, get out of there. Move. Move. I'm sorry. That's my dog. <laughs> is that another bear? Is that, is that three bears? <laughs> three bears. <laughs> if you see how I have this tablet set up, I have it on the tripod. It's being held by a natural face mask. And then it's, it's wrapped around with uh, a USB cord, keeping it from falling. So, all I, all I need to do is just a tap it a bit and everything going to fall on the floor. So everything's <laughs> kind of well balanced right now, trying to keep this going. But um, trying to picture this scenario. You wake up early in the morning before, you know, before the crack of sun, you start fishing for largemouth bass. And throughout the morning until 10 o'clock, you're catching largemouth bass. Then about 12 o'clock in the afternoon in the heat of the, of the, of, of the day, when the water starts warming up, the bass will stop hitting. And then you'll start getting all your invasive fish, your peacock bass, your mine cichlids, your Oscars, your guapotas, um, you know, snakeheads. All of these will start hitting until finally, I want to say four o'clock, four, four thirty. And then from there, they stop. But then when you continue on throughout the night, or you know, as the sun starts going down, you start catching nothing but largemouth bass. So you can literally fish all day long here in South Florida. What's your what's your favorite species to target out of all of those? 
I like the peacock bass, honestly. Largemouth and peacock bass are probably my favorites. If you never hooked into a peacock bass, oh, my Lord, hang on. They put on a heck of a fight, and they're just amazing. They're beautiful fish. They are. Of course, you know. Floridian, man, you know, when I was a little kid, I used to dream about catching my trophy peacock, uh, my trophy largemouth bass. You know, it was a fish that I always admired. You know, just that that the predatoristic type of a uh, uh, a fish that just you know you you watch them, they'll they'll, they'll gulp down, they'll gulp down a, a a hatchling alligator, ducklings. You know, they're just nothing that a bass will not eat. And uh, they're just amazing animals. They have amazing fish in their own right. Definitely largemouth bass, but the peacock bass is probably one of my favorites. We're going to have to target that kick. I've, I've never, obviously, we've never caught a peacock bass. Um, <laughs> well, you all need to come down this way. I'm telling you, all I'll right. take care of y'all. I hear that. All right. Because my, my wife wants to go to Florida. She's actually never been to Florida. So uh, that's definitely going to be a, a, a trip. Man, we'll take you all on the boat, man. We'll take you in the Keys. We'll go island hopping. Man, we'll, we'll do it all, man. We'll do it all. I'll oh. even get you on top of an alligator. Oh, man. I'm not so sure about that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, got four, I, I, got, I got four daughters. Uh, my wife is going to be like, hell no, you are not doing that. But then again, she's going to look at the insurance policy like, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> man, I guarantee you it'll be nice, man. Go get a nice photo, and that's how you got your bragging rights. Oh man, I don't know, man. I, I'm not gonna lie to you, Gus. I do not think I am brave enough to 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 do that. I, you know, there's a lot of crazy shit that I've done in my life. I don't know. I don't know if I can, can, can step into that ring, man. I'm not gonna lie, man. Wow. We'll yeah, I don't, I don't know if I can step onto your level like that, man. Oh um, boy. Right now, do you? I mean. Are you just fishing locally? Do you travel and fish more often, or or, or what? What are you looking to do in regards to you know whether on your uh, the channel with your wife and everything like that, Gus? What are, what are you looking to do in regards to like fishing wise? You know, growing up all the way throughout my thirties and forties, I was always a swamp seeker. I was always in the swamp. That's my that's my place where I, I just love to be. But when I got married to my wife, uh, my wife is a marine mammal trainer, and she loves the Keys. You know, but she's from Tennessee. I lived here all my life, and I never really got to, how can I say, appreciate what we have, and that is the Florida Keys. So since I started dating my wife and then finally we got married that's all we did was go to the keys and i tell you what what a beautiful area the florida keys are just amazing i'm just still taking it all in it's to me now so many years in the swamp it's almost like i'm learning something new you know i'm, I'm learning to appreciate something new so whatever target we fish out there we'll fish for mutton snappers hmm. um you know mangrove snappers are everywhere out there um I would like to target for a blackfin tuna. Still haven't caught one yet. I want to catch one of those Kong rods from Cast King. You know, I got a whole outfit of those on my boat now. And, uh, you know, for mahis. But um, basically, you know, like everybody says, you know, I, I target whatever hits. Now, when I when I fish the, the uh, you know, backcountry or the, uh, the flats, you know, I'll try to go for reds barracudas barracudas almost like fishing for bass boy they'll hit on a topwater lure or some flukes and it's just the funnest thing ever um sharks 
you know, bonnet heads, black tips, stuff like that. A lot of catch and release, but the day that I catch that tuna, uh, yeah, that's not going back in the water, man. I, I <laughs> don't, don't blame you. Yeah. yeah, I don't blame no, you for sure. No, I, I throw everything back, even some really good sized uh, mud snappers and and mangroves. You know, we'll, we'll get skunked all night, but we get that one big fish. I was like, honey, it's just one fish. Come on, let's let them loose. And we do. We'll just let them back in the water. Now, we did get into crab trapping, stone crab trapping, which is a big thing in the Florida Keys. And that's a lot of fun. It's a lot of work. But uh, so far, out of this whole season, we've done really good. We've gotten three stone crabs. Yeah, it's not much, but no, I, we're, we're cool. I, 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 I have nothing to compare it to. <laughs> I, I, I actually just watched a video about stone crabbing, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, all you can keep is the claw. Is that right? Yeah, it's amazing because they dropped the claw, yeah. and then they regenerate it back. It's just the coolest thing because you don't have to destroy the animal itself. You know, you just take the claws, throw them back in the water, and They'll be ready for next season. What? So, okay. Now you guys got to teach me on it. So do they, you guys cut the claws or does it just release the, it? No, if you apply a little bit of pressure, what we do is we put a blade right in the joint. You know, we get the tip of the knife and we put it in the joint and we start wiggling that knife around and all of a sudden they just release it. It's a, the weirdest thing. They just release a claw, almost like an iguana or a lizard will release the tail. Do they do the same thing? And if these things ever get a hold of you, I, I get, man, you, you'll be losing the finger. Man, you'll be like me, uh, <laughs> missing digits because it's amazing to strengthen their claws. Wow. Huh. And they just pop them off that easily. They release them. That is crazy. I had no has, idea. Has it, it been yeah. worth it going after these stone crabs so far? It, it's a lot of work, man. It's a lot, it's a lot of work, but my wife wanted to get into it. So, of course, I'd do anything for my wife. So, uh, it's been fun. Of course, I'm the one that kind of lugs around uh, the traps. The traps about 35 pounds each. You know, you got to pull them out of that muddy bank. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of work. And by the time you're done, you're covered in gunk. You know, that, that mud and all that nastiness. So that's why people will, you know, when they, they do crabbing, they wear bibs or rain suits. So I haven't gotten there yet, man. I'm still, I'm still green, man. I'm still learning the whole the ropes, you know? Yeah, oh, man. So that's, that's next season, man, I'll look a little bit more professional. I'll have the gear. Nice. And then we'll know what we're doing. Right now, we're not catching anything, <laughs> you know? Well, okay. This, this is a question I, I always ask people in the South or, you know, because we have guests on um, or, you know, that, that are from – very hot areas. Have you ever ice fish? Man, I think that's the coolest thing ever. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's like walk anywhere you want on that lake and then just pick a spot, drill your hole, and boom. That I, I honestly I'd do anything to be able to do that experience right. that one time. All right. You're you're gonna have to do make a trip up here to Iowa during the winter one time. Now, don't get me wrong, you're gonna be a rude awakening <laughs> of how cold it can get. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna, I'm not. I'm not gonna fluff it for you. But uh, 
<laughs> it's it's very interesting to because I've seen because like I said I, I have family that is from Hawaii and then I see them their faces when they realize okay we're, we're not we're, we're not in Hawaii anymore when when you get zero degrees and wind chill factors but no if if that's the case we definitely I open invitation I, I would love to get oh brother you, thank you, you you and your wife come up here to iowa anytime let us know we'll, we'll definitely get you on some 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 ice uh, you know what you know we'll, we'll, we'll be uh we'll, we'll be putting putting that in our thoughts man that's pretty cool yeah it, it's have, um it's a new adventure for you you'll, you'll enjoy it <laughs> have, have you seen snow before gus is that a weird question yeah uh, yes okay. uh, I, I have once Oh, in Tennessee, Tennessee, huh? in, in the Great Smoky Mountains, <laughs> and boy, I looked like a tourist. I was in flip flops, shorts, and a camouflage jacket, and people were looking at me like, "What's wrong with this guy?" And I'm like having fun, just burying myself in the snow, you know, knee deep, and take a picture, hun. Take a picture. Take a picture. Everywhere I went, I was burying myself in snow. And of course, I'm in sandals. You know, I ain't said those flip flops, you know, so every time I get in the snow, I'll lose a flip flop. So I got to be digging in the snow so I can retrieve my flip flops. But man, I, I love the snow. I just only experienced it one time in my life. Sadly. You're, you're, you're lucky. You, you, that's probably all the experience you want with snow, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it gets it gets to a point like, OK, the, the fishing kid is 1000 percent correct like it's kind of cute at the beginning because my kids love it oh it's nice and snowing you know win winter's here but then it gets to a point where okay that's enough like we, we especially when it gets to the point where like it snows a foot and you're like you have to <laughs> shovel it and all that stuff yeah it, it gets to that point where yeah no no more man we're we're good but yeah it, it loses now. its luster really quick exactly exactly <laughs> y'all need to start moving think about moving down to florida oh I, man you know um if well the thing is I, I like i said i got the kids right now i i mean i i'm always down to try new things and try new places uh but the kids are so so young right now so it's kind of hard but gotcha. definitely uh something in in the works well i'm working on some things here and there man but um well brother i'll tell you what man it's you know in the winter time my wife and i are in the water you know in the sandbars living it up man you know the water in the 70s you know they're cool but you know, 70s are like creek water. Not a big deal. Jeez. All right. Now you're making us jealous. That's all right. <laughs> I'm, cr I'm cracking another beer, man. I'm, I'm going a little bit light this one. Okay. Wait, wait a second. Let, let me get a slip of my flat Coke. Thank you for joining us at uh, Beer Fish Fanatics. And this episode is actually brought to you by Whisker Seeker Tackle. So make sure you guys go to whiskerseeker.com for all your catfishing gear. There you go. Your flat coat. That's all. From last night. <laughs> mm, mm. um yeah i actually wanted to ask you this because uh we have i'm just curious like do you guys ever have issues down there where uh people blow up spots and because this is the thing we, we we we've come to realize a lot of people have spots that they don't want no people to know about that they catch the big fish or the you know the amount of you know the best fish like whatever the case may be and then they tell somebody and then all of a sudden it blows up that spot and then everybody gets a little angry, whatever. I'm curious, like in your area, do you guys ever have that issue or do you guys, cause you guys somewhat in the ocean or you're the ocean, like it doesn't freaking matter. Um, I see that a lot more uh, bank fishermen, 
<laughs> Those are not on the boat. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's okay. That's what I was wondering. Okay. So yeah, there you go. But the people are in the boat, you don't hear that shit, right? Or do you? I don't know. No, no, man. It, it, you know, the thing is that the, the swamp, it, it's so desolate. Uh, there's so much of it. You know, these fish could be anywhere when, within a foot of water or eight feet of water. You're going to have a big bass somewhere. Now, are there spots where people know of that you know will increase their chances of catching fish? Of course, and everybody's got that you know that spot, and they get a little you know bothered when they see somebody around. But and oh no, I personally I've never got into that. You know, I'm one of those that you know you give me any body of water, you know, a cane pole or whatever, I'm happy. You know, whatever, dude. I'm I don't I don't take myself seriously when it comes to fishing. I just like being out there. You know, and that's that experience that I want to have, whether I catch something or not. And if somebody gets really bothered, then I'm taking their spot. I'm like, come on, brother, come on over here, man. I'm leaving. You know, <laughs> and I find another place to go. It's no big deal. Yeah, I respect that. That I wish a lot of people had that that view, like you. <laughs> we, we would we would live in a much better fishing world if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, you know, I, since I've gotten involved more into the, you know, how can I say, being around them more, um, they're great people in the fishing realm. But, man, sometimes I see a lot of cutthroat as well. <laughs> I was like, man, it's no different than reptile world. <laughs> Very true. Very but true. for the most part, I, I've, I've met some really stand-up people, you know, and um, – I want to say very small handful of people that I've run into, they're just jerks. And I just kind of give them the shoulders and say, Hey man, I'm out here for the most part. When I'm come across, you know, fishermen and stuff like that. And we share stories and, you know, we'll sit down and, you know, have a Coke. I don't drink. So it's either chocolate milk or water. My wife is the one that likes to drink the Coke. So whatever she brings, I'll drink. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Yoohoo guy. There you go. There you Six go. pack of Yoohoo, it will hang. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hey Gus, um, I think I don't know if this is off topic or not, but since you're in Florida, um, there was um, wasn't there a law passed recently um having something to do with the reptile trade down there? Like they banned uh, certain species or something? Yeah, I mean this is something that always happens exotic species of concern like uh florida is a subtropical area where anything and everything is going to thrive and do well whether it's a plant a fish a reptile a mammal you name it it's going to do well in florida um so of course regulating certain species or exotic species um i think is needed but if you're telling me that these animals, uh, you know, you know, people in the pet trade are no longer allowed to have them anymore because of the whole introducing them back into the wild. It's like, man, they're all here. They're already here. Hmm. You know, there's really no way to eradicate these animals because you slow down the population. A full horse you can, you know, and, and uh, the fish and game are doing very well in getting their uh, their team you know, they're python hunters and all that. They do an outstanding job. One of my good friends is a python hunter. And um, so I know how the program works. So, yes, it's needed, but 
you know, also being in, in the pet trade, because I have my 60-something snakes in a room. I got like 20-something lizards. Um, yeah, man, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, they're like fishing rods. We tend to collect more than what we need, all right? So uh, we, we have a lot of snakes. We have a room dedicated for our reptiles, and we just have wall-to-wall snakes. Yeah, yeah there's a, there's a yeah. couple of YouTube channels that I follow. Uh, like Clint's reptiles and this one other one. And they were talking about how like regulations down there are kind of affecting the whole industry. So yeah. I was kind of curious yeah. about that. Yeah, it, it does, man. You know, cause you got some people that that's what they dedicate their life. You know, their, their, their whole you know, way of living is, is breeding reptiles. Uh, they catch them in the wild, you know, like the tegus and stuff like that. So I know right now, if, I, I think back in the day, it was five different types of rep, uh, of snakes. I believe it was the, uh, of course, the Burmese python, the um, anaconda, uh, the African rock python. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a scrub python or something like that one, a carpet python. And uh, there was another one. I can't remember what it was. I think it was five different snakes that were kind of banned from from entering the u.s you can have them you can't breed them and you can't move them out of the state you know just like caimans uh caimans uh people have caimans but you can't sell them you can breed them and all you want but as long as you have the permits and the the property to have them you know uh the reg, you know there's regulations on their enclosures but you can't sell them out of state yet they have to stay so they're doing a lot of that with the tegus and a lot of these other uh, reptiles like monitors and stuff like that so um i'm trying to like kind of get out of the whole thing for a while you know and that's why i got more into fishing yep. you know get out of the whole reptile realm and i love the <laughs> reptile realm and the people in it they're amazing but man sometimes it's just exhausting right. you know don't don't take this personal but i am a no. when it, i'm a puss when it comes to snakes <laughs> i'm not gonna lie man I, i'll tell you this right I, i'll be the first one to tell you it, it's not that it, it it man i just get a little freaked out man <laughs> i'm not gonna lie I I mean, I, I, I scream, I, I, i'm not i'm not gonna lie i see a little gardener snake it's i i'm gonna scream like a little girl man <laughs> and, and, and and it's it's just like ah, i know it doesn't bite i know it's not gonna hurt me or anything but it's just like shit <laughs> I'm, I'm a little yeah. I'm, it's just one of those phobia things listen I completely understand um, I, I know a friend the man catches crocodiles or jump on an alligator uh, handles venomous snakes but the one time that uh, a roach crosses his path he's got such a phobia for cockroaches <laughs> that he will literally get into an, a car accident in his mind, he thinks that a roach crossed over his lap or something, you know? Uh, it, it's just how how it is, man, how the mind works. Some people, you know, they deal with all kinds of critters and frogs. A lot of people have phobias of frogs, spiders, scorpions, and snakes, of course, is one of those tops. Yeah. So That's weird. No, you're right, though. I get sp spiders? Whatever, man. I mean, it's whatever I can crush. Uh, you're right. Cockroach, I see it's whatever. Dude, yeah. a snake cuz I'm not gonna lie, man. I'm gonna jump in your arm. I'm gonna jump in your arms, dude. I was just like, it just gets to me. I don't know. Huh. That's funny. No, I hear you, man. I, so 
I got respect for that. It just, yeah. Yeah. man, it's just how the how the human mind works. Yeah, you know, and and kid, it's don't, just, just crazy. Kit, don't be trying to prank me and throw some snakes at me. All right, I know how your mind thinks too, man. <laughs> See, like I think I think my thing is uh, caterpillars. For some reason, man, they just Ooh. freak me out. Cause they're like, I don't know, weird. they're like weird and squishy, like spiders. I don't care. Snakes. Granted, I haven't had to deal with big snakes yet. Uh, I don't know. I'm really not too scared of too many things, but man, caterpillars. I don't. They just freak me out for some reason. <laughs> Caterpillar. All right. Okay. Hey, I'm learning something new about him all the time. Caterpillars. All right. I'm gonna That's tell the. Funny. That is pretty funny. <laughs> and uh, going back to the snake snakes in a room thing, Gus. You know, for uh-huh. some re- so for some reason, it doesn't surprise me that you have a room full of snakes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did a lot of breeding, you know, especially with uh, certain breeds of snakes. And I've had snakes for a long time. I wasn't always fond of snake. There was a time in my life when, uh, when uh, I used to rodeo and uh, work on horseback. I used to do. I used to work cattle. A lot on horseback. Uh, I was one of those that if I see a snake, I will kill it. You know, a good snake is a dead snake. But uh, when I got involved, you know, doing shows and one of the places I worked, um, they hired me as an alligator wrestler. Basically, how I got the alligator job, not that I've always wrestled gators, I never wrestled gators throughout my, my cowboy era, you know, but. Um, I used to catch them when I would go fishing because, you know, you're in the Everglades, you're always going to get a, a gator caught on your lure. That's a given. So, mm-hmm. you know, you learn how to handle them and whatever. Nothing in the show aspect or dealing with larger reptiles or bigger gators. So, basically, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Happens to the best oh, well, of us. Okay, never mind about the snakes. <laughs> I was going on and rambling on. and But I, I never liked snakes until I started working for this uh company uh this alligator farm and yeah they hired me for gator wrestling but one of the things that it was a must for me to be employed i had to do my own snake shows and have my own snakes and i'll be like you kidding me (laughs) you know i gotta have my own snakes like yeah yeah that's part of the gig you gotta have your own snakes to do shows so here i am learning about snakes never liked them and I, i i i can say i had a fear of snakes at one time, I I will kill them. I, I I will shoot them. I'll do whatever it takes. I'll kill them for no reason because it was a snake. And then finally, I started realizing that, you know, there's more to it. You know, here I am teaching. And when I was doing my snake shows, I was putting that same fear into people. The same fear that I had of snakes, I was just delivering that in my message. You know, people didn't want to do the airboats after the uh, snake show because they were scared that water moccasins were going to fall out of trees because of my shows. <laughs> and I, I, I watched myself doing a video one time, and I'm like, man, but, you know, I, I sound foolish because that's not exactly how they work. So I did, th- I did something for myself, and this was foolish to do, but I started freehandling venomous snakes. Because my my thought was the only thing that makes a venomous snake and a non-venomous snake is the enzymes that a snake have. Why does a snake have a venom? 
is because venomous snakes have a very weak um, digestive system. So they need the enzymes to be able to break down the tissues and all of that. So they're able to digest without the venom. They can't digest and they eventually regurgitate and they'll start to death. So what's a venomous snake any different from a non-venomous snake? You know, so the only reason why snake will ever strike is because it feels threatened. So if you try to alter the snake's behavior, and I, I'm, I was, I'm learning this, I'm, I'm putting myself, you know, I was like walking in by faith, you know, like, you know, just to change my way of thinking, how I thought about these animals. And I dedicated 12 years of my life doing venomous snake shows with no tools, no nothing, just grabbing snakes, rattlesnakes, holding them up, you know, showing them the beauty of the animal. People are like, well, how come this thing is not trying to bite them? It's a rattlesnake. And at the same time, after the show, I started grabbing, grabbing all the snakes and start, you know, um, showing the, ven the fangs and, and showing the venom. You know, because people think, ah, there it's probably they call it defanged and devenomized or devenomoids. And no, I never dealt with a devenomoid state, meaning that they took the glands out and therefore it can't produce venoms. I've handled coral snakes, I handled king cobras, um, you know, monaco cobras, eastern rattlesnakes, western rattlesnakes, um, copperheads, water moccasins. I will catch them in the water, I will dive on the water and and handle them, you know, in the water. So I learned a way of coexisting with a, an animal that I truly feared at one time. And I did that for myself because like, well, here I am holding this amazing animal that could easily take my life. But look at this, you know, and, and to me, it was just fascinating. And that's how I got so involved with the crocodiles and alligators, you know, apex predators that can actually destroy you in a heartbeat. But they're not the feared and evil creatures a lot of people portray them to be. You know, they're just, to me, just God's creation. You know, that's what they are. You know, we're all part of life. So, um, you know, I, I did a lot of learning. And that's how I ended up getting in the water. I pushed myself, you know, to do these things, to see how far I could push the envelope, knowing that there could be a moment where I could lose my life. And I played that Russian roulette for many, many years. I'm a little smarter now in my older age, <laughs> but um, I can still, I can still, you know, get in the water with hundreds of gators in, in a swampy area and know how to maneuver around it and know how to not provoke the animal and, and know how, how much I could push the, the limit. And I've done that. I've and randomly just swam in areas infested with waters in the wild and of course now with our work with the Seminoles, because you know, being in the water with alligators is a fine line. It could be illegal because they say that you're molesting the animal or taunting the animal, mm. you know, but granted you're in the glaze and you're crossing bodies of water. There are hundreds of gators and you might not be seeing them, but they're there, you know? So it's almost like, you know, growing up watching the Tarzan movies when I was a kid, Listen, when I was growing up, I, it was the Lone Ranger Tarzan and Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom. Okay, all these three things. So what the heck I ended up doing growing up, it's amazing how it works. I, I cowboyed for a long time. Okay, I, I rodeoed and stuff like that. I wrestled gators. That's where the Tarzan part came out of. And the Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom is, you know, it's amazing how when you're a kid and, and you're 
and you're drawn to these things in your life. And then when you get older, they become part of your life. And that's basically how it happened with me. You know, I've always wanted to be a cowboy since I was a kid. And sure enough, I lived the, the modern day cowboy life, going to rodeos. Um, I used to uh, bareback. And, um, you know, I, I did a, a lot of uh, steer wrestling and team rope. And that's what I normally ended up doing a lot of. And then, of course, you know, wrestling alligators for a living. Um, I used to work for Sprint, you know, when the cell towers were coming in or becoming popular for the cell phone, I used to climb the towers and uh, install the uh, antennas, you know, and I'm scared of height. Go figure, you know, but that's just how it was, man. Dude, are you, you know? scared? Are you scared of anything, man? Uh, height? Yeah. I'm scared <laughs> of height. <laughs> yeah, I'm scared of height, man, but, you know, I don't know, brother. You, you know that old saying, you know, you live by faith, not by sight. And uh, that's how I try to live my life. You know, we're we're just here for a little while, brother. We got to make the best of it. You know, be good to others. And uh, you know, if you could do something positive in your life that's going to benefit somebody else, why not? I can respect that, man. That's a that's a good outlook on life, guys. Yeah, and and you know what what you were explaining earlier, it it totally makes sense. As venomous of any of those animals as dangerous as any of those animals, they don't attack unless they're threatened. So that was, right. that is very, very true. You don't think about, I mean, to us, we're just like, they're animals and then that's venomous. It's, right. it's going to kill us, but they're not going to just attack you if they don't feel threatened. And I think that's just like right. us, us as humans, we're not going to be yeah. violent. We're not going to do anything out of the ordinary unless uh, I don't know. I, well, I, 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 I don't know about humans. Humans are different beasts. Yeah, I guess you're right. Never mind. I take that back. All right, that's a different story. <laughs> Listen, we are the most dangerous animal out there. Exactly. What we fear, yeah. we tend to hate and destroy, and that's oh, just how it is. Gosh, you are one. You're so spot on on that. You're right. It's just, it sucks. But you're right on that. That's a wow. Uh, so. <laughs> kind of a downer yeah man <laughs> we gotta bring it up back up we gotta, you gotta bring it up now though all right kid, bring, bring, bring it back up kid somehow all right guys so uh what do you what do you got planned coming up in the future anything you want to you know let us or the audience know like what are your plans let's say summer's coming up does does your whole game plan as far as like fishing or you know what you do uh for work does that change my, my life is, you know, as we've spoken before, kid, you know, many times I'm out in the boonies. It's hard for me to get a signal. Um, I'm always alone, you know, in the swamp catching, you know, nuisance gators. Um, you know, I got an elderly mom that I take care of. I got my wife, you know. So basically I try to take in as much work as possible. I'm doing my, my thing with YouTube, and hopefully that will probably help me out a little bit. So basically I take the day as it comes, man. You know, and w what I try to do is just spend a lot of time with my wife. You know, we got married, you know, later in the game um, or late in the game, you know, and uh, I just got to a point where I just want to enjoy the good people that are in my life, my family, my friends. And I always welcome new friends and they're, they're good hearted folks. Listen, I want to spend my time, you know, the, you know, the days go by so quickly, but man, it's, it's, it's so awesome it's priceless to have good friends that you could count on. You could trust, even if just people that, you know, just, you know, for a little while, 
and you probably don't see them for a year, but that one time you guys come, you get together, you know, it's just an amazing time, you know, very memorable time. So my goal is honestly, it's just to take care of my wife, take care of my, my mom and my pups. And hopefully the Lord will give me the strength to keep pushing forward, pulling the wagon, enjoy life. That's a good man. I'm not going to lie, man. I kind of love you a little bit right now, man. I love you too, brother. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I love that. Hey, it's mad respect about that. You know what? You know, uh, it's one of those things that you're a family man, and yet you still wrestle alligators and deal with the snakes that I would scream to high heaven for. So I don't give a what anybody says. I, I have mad respect for that. So I love that, man. Well, I appreciate it, brother. Like I said, I've been very blessed. Uh, you know, I've been very lucky with the stuff I've gotten away with. And uh, it just puts things in a different perspective, how I see things. You know, I brushed death for a good portion of my life. I've been very close to it. And um, so you tend to appreciate things and see things in a different light just because, uh, you know, you have been there. You know, close calls and near misses. You know, my wife is like, oh, my God, you almost got killed. Yeah, but that almost part just doesn't cut it, you know, <laughs> Yeah, because I'm so used to that. I used to whole, you know, things are just coming so close to me where I'm like, man, I could have lost an arm, but I didn't, you know. So close calls and near misses to me, that's just the normal, but that's part of everyday life. You know what I'm saying? We get in the vehicle and get into a horrific accident, and man, you know, it's just unfortunate. We just never know, man. We never know what could happen. So make things right, you know, and do right with people around you that that depend on you, you know. Let them know that you love them, brother, because you never know, man, when it's going to be our last time. That's written in the scrolls, man. We all going to pass sooner or later. Our times are numbered. So make the best of it and do good. Hey. That's all I can say about that, man. True, true that. Hey. Thank you so much on that one, Gus. I totally, <laughs> wow. uh, totally appreciate that because you're right, and and nothing wrong with that at all. Live, live life, enjoy it. Um, life is too short. So, man, hey, man. On, on this man, Kit, you got anything else for Gus? This is uh, this has been a blast for me, man. I, I, I mean, just I, I want to hear more stories. I just, I could sit here and just hear some more. <laughs> you all need to come down to Florida. We, we gotta do <laughs> We're that. gonna hang, dude. Okay. We're gonna hang. All We're right. gonna have a good old time. Okay. I'm glad we got this thing going, man. I, I, I was getting a little upset. You know, I'm like, man, I can't get none of these. You know, I have a, <laughs> I have a tablet. I have my cell phone and my work phone, and I, I can't get anything to work. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we we got so it to work. System right here. This is awesome, man. Dude, yeah, we, we got it to work. We got it to work, and and you know what? I'm I can't wait to hear more stories from you. And and yes, fishing kid myself. We we got to. Well, listen, I, I appreciate y'all having me. It's been an honor, truly an honor to be part of this. And uh, you guys are 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 straight up, man. You guys are stand up guys, and uh, brother, open invitation. All year round, man. Here we go. I'm about to knock over that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, no, no. Can't wait. Can't wait. Um, it's barely banging. <laughs> Kit, you yeah. got anything else for Gus, man? Uh, yeah, Gus. So if our audience wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? You know, Facebook Messenger. Um, I have an email, twobearsoutdoors at gmail.com. Uh, I also have a website. Haven't really done much to it for a while, for many years, but it's uh, www.swampseeker, 
com. That is my website. And of course, my YouTube channel. Uh, for y'all watching, man, Two Bears Outdoors, like and subscribe and hit that notification button. There you go. Love it. You know what? <laughs> this has been a blast. Thank you so much, Gus. And like everybody, like, like I always say, go check out his channel. You guys won't believe it until you guys see it. Go check out uh, everything about Gus. I, it'll change your mind. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, I got to share something with you. It's pretty funny. Um, my brother, I call him my brother. He, uh, he's one of the guys from Swamp, man. He's, uh, I trained him how to wrestle gators back in the nineties and we worked in many places together. And now today we're both wildlife officers and, uh, we kind of look the same. He's just a little shorter than I am. Well, a lot shorter, but you know, but the funny thing is that he, he was on the boat with me and I got this big wrap on the side of the boat, you know, it's got this big crocodile head. And then of course the dolphin, cause my wife is a, uh, was a uh, mammal trainer or marine mammal trainer. And, but it says two bears outdoors. And my brother's like, you know, we can never be on this boat by ourselves. Right. You just ruined this for us. And we always have to take your <laughs> wife with us. I'm like, why dude? You know what I mean? Why? They, they, they see two bears outdoors. They're like, Oh yeah, yeah. there's a two bears, <laughs> you know? riding in the boat so we're we're on the sandbar the place is crowded my my wife likes to go to the cuddy cabin and and and, and likes to kind of you know lay out and sleep and he's like christy could you please come out people are looking at us and they're wondering there's a girl in the boat and all they see is two fat guys in the <laughs> boat and with his with a boat saying two bears outdoors do you please come out so people can see that there is a chicken here you know he's <laughs> just being funny but <laughs> oh that's so, yeah he said i ruined that for him for putting that on my boat two uh, bears outdoors he he's a trip so sorry. um yeah you know what everybody go check out the channel go check out two bears outdoors <laughs> i love it uh, i love everything that you're doing man you know keep, keep keep grinding away brother brother thank you so much for having me and uh brother y'all have an open invitation please come on by give me a holler when y'all visit florida we'll do yeah, south sure. florida that is south All florida right. south All florida right. till next time